Good morning. My name is Cameron McCullough. As mentioned, I'm associate pastor here at Ridgeview Church, and I usually lead worship, but uh, Garrett filled in and did a great job. Today I get to speak, continue this uh, series called Unstuck. We're looking at some of the, the lies the enemy uses, some thoughts he puts in our minds to keep us stuck. They make us feel like there's no way forward, there's no hope left, and we're just got to stay put. And uh, those are lies. Those are things that um, are not true, and we're looking at ways the Bible tells us we can fight against those. And now they're here on the screen, so let's, uh, let's take a look at them. Last week, uh, we talked about It's Too Hard. We looked at the life of Gideon, his, his story of just conquering the battle of the Midianites, and uh, the hardness of it, and just got harder and harder and harder, and he took steps in faith to, to conquer that. And uh, this week, we're talking about I'm Too Tired. That'll be today. Uh, this one really hits home a lot of times. So, um, And then the next four weeks will be It's Not What I Want, It's Not Fair, I'm the Only One, and It's Not Worth It. A lot of these lies are very subtle. They make sense to us, and they make sense to us because a lot of times, it's how we're feeling. It is hard. It is tiring. It, it isn't what I want. So a lot of times, as we feel these things, we begin to believe them, and then feelings take over of discouragement, disappointment, um, self-pity, and uh, just plain out tiredness, and I'm, I'm over it, right? So uh, these lies are subtle, but the reason we get stuck is not usually because of the size of the challenge on the outside of us, but it's usually because of the size of the challenge on the inside of us. So what that means is that no matter how hard we try to fix the outside, the circumstances that are, that are hitting us, if we don't ever focus on the inside and what we truly are feeling and what we believe and, and our desires, then nothing will ever really change and we'll stay stuck. And so that's kind of what we're talking about in this series. And today we're focusing on I'm too tired. Anybody feel that way? Amen. Yeah. There was a time in my life where I was working uh, 10 p.m. to 10 a.m., um, a shift in a trucking company. And man, there was days I just didn't want to do it. But then there was always the reminder of, well, i got to feed my family, and God tells me to be good with what I've given responsibility in. So uh, those are reminders uh, of constant, and that's me fighting the outward circumstance with my inward thoughts. Today, actually, uh, this wasn't in my notes, but I had a thought as I was watching things get set up this morning. I was like, man, what if everybody just said, I'm too tired, I'm not coming? Man, that would be really boring service. <laughs> we wouldn't have anything set up. Uh, maybe the, the drummer only is playing the bass drum because his hands are too tired to play anything else, and Garrett just is not strumming the guitar and just singing. Or It would be kind of a boring experience, and it would be kind of a letdown, right? That's the same in life as we do that to our family, our, par- our kids, and parenting. If we just say, I'm too tired, man, there's going to be some disappointment. So uh, today we're talking about that. And feeling tired is just a way of the American life. It's, we work 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, hopefully not 90 hour weeks. And then on top of that, we have responsibilities, right? We have kids, we have school, we have homework with our kids, sporting events, things that uh, need to be done around the house, chores. There's uh, your own homework if you're in school, your own personal development. All these things start adding up and adding up, and we just feel, man, I'm too tired. Can't do it anymore. Can you think back on a time uh, when you've had that? Anybody have those times? Like, I have a lot to do, and I'm tired, but I have to do it. Yeah, those are, those are constant. So what's your go-to when those happen? Do you go to a, a nice cup of coffee? We have a picture here, right? Coffee lovers? Oh, yeah. There's coffee in the back. You're tired right now. <laughs> I'll find you by the end of this sermon. Those are uh, nods of approval. That's what I, yeah, amen. 
I'm not falling asleep. Amen. Right? So coffee, that's one of our go-tos. How about a favorite energy drink? Yeah. Let me tell you guys, Americans are tired. I did some research on these. Uh, The energy drink market is worth $48.5 billion. By 2030, they say it's going to be worth over $100 billion. So I looked, who's buying all these energy drinks? And uh, the statistics showed it was, it was young moms. <laughs> makes, makes sense. Uh, and uh, so that's, that's energy drinks. That might be your go-to. Or if you're like my wife, Jessie, it's an energy snack. Oftentimes I hear, oh, you're tired? Did you eat a carrot? <laughs> yeah. Some broccoli? It's like, well, no, actually, I was thinking about having a double cheeseburger. But um, to be honest, it does work. Uh, Eating healthy does make you have more energy. But uh, these are all things we turn to. And and then there's the other side, which is usually in the magazines, is you need to exercise. need more water. You need to take a power nap. Not a 16-minute nap, a 15-minute nap. And you'll be much better, right? So these are all things we turn to for energy. uh, But eventually, the caffeine wears off. Life hits us. And there's no time to do the healthy tips. And... We fall back into this just too tired. Because again, like we had on the screen here, the reason we get stuck is not usually because of the size of the challenge on the outside, but it's the size of the challenge on the inside. So we have to focus on that and and really get motivated. Uh, When we think I'm too tired to handle responsibilities, uh, we end up relaxing our grip on the things we've been given. And because of that, we miss opportunities to grow. We also miss opportunities to fix problems, and in turn, problems get worse, and we create damage because we're too tired to handle it. So today we're going to look at the proven source, beyond caffeine and healthy snacks, of how to deal with I'm too tired. We're going to look at three ways that the Bible gives us uh, to combat that. Uh, So I would just challenge you guys, in these moments, we must lean on and turn to the strength God has given, and he'll provide to accomplish his will, not yours, but his. We sing a song um, about this and just leaning on his will. And the yoke is easy. And his burden is light. And that's really where we want to get that today. So we've all agreed that we're kind of tired. We're pretty tired. And here's the second question. Is anybody carrying a burden? I am. I have burdens in my life. Uh, not constant, but oftentimes there's things that are burdening. And uh, I think we all do. Eventually there's something that's that's causing us to burden. And, um, you know, the, so let me, let me just read this passage in Matthew 11 before I go there. Eleven twenty-eight through 30. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. So if you're tired and you have a burden, this is a great offer. This is an offer he's giving. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So Jesus identifies two factors that contribute to fatigue here. The first one is our internal capacity. That's our weariness. Because when things get too heavy, and our burden is heavy, and we're tired, we get weary, right? So that's our internal capacity. The second thing, well, in verse 28, you see that. It says, all you who are weary... And then in that same verse, the second thing he identifies is the size of our external burden. 
And that's what makes us weary, is our burden. <clears throat> so the size of our external burden and the internal capacity we have off, it would be amazing. In a perfect world, those two would be equal, right? Our burden would equal our internal capacity, and we'd be able to handle anything we wanted to whenever we wanted to do it because we're feeling good. I can handle that. But if you haven't heard or known, or it, we live in a fallen world, and we're fallen people. And a lot of times, because of that, the world is heavy on us, and, and we become more and more tired, and we try to increase our inward capacity by eating healthy or, or doing, uh, having an energy drink or having some coffee, and the caffeine fails, and then we just keep, now we're on a, a, a downward fall, right, because the caffeine's wearing off. And then we can also try to decrease our burdens by not borrowing trouble or, or getting ourselves into too much that we can't handle. So those are the things we try to do, but because of the fallen world, things get heavier and heavier, but eventually, in this broken world, we have points where it's too hard and we're just too tired. So Matthew 11, uh, 28 through 30, he says, my yoke upon, Take my yoke upon you, me, you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. That offer sounds like more work. Take my yoke upon you. Uh, Garrett did a great job explaining what that yoke is. But, um, that just sounds like more work. We want to get this thing on my neck and pull forward. But he says also that his, my yoke is easy and my burden. So not only his yoke, but his burden as well, right? So that this seems like more work. But what he's doing is offering these things to build our capacity. And as we lean on him, our capacity grows. I just built a chicken coop. In my backyard, I don't have chickens, but I built a chicken coop um, soon to come. Soon to come, we'll have chickens. But as I was doing that, I had to add something uh, into my to-do list, and that to-do list grew, and because of that, it was a longer day. What I had to do was go to Home Depot. Men, Home Depot, you know. You get stuck in there for hours looking at all the other gadgets that you don't need, and then usually you buy the part you need, and you go home, and then you have to go back because you forgot um, so I was at Home Depot, and it was, it was a, a thing to add to my list. And I was like, man, I wish I didn't have to go there. But I needed it because a tool I needed to buy was a reciprocal saw. Do we have a picture of that? A guy working? Okay, if it's not on there, it's okay. There it is. So that saw right there was what I needed to build this chicken coop with more ease. Uh, because of this, I could just cut a hole right out of the middle of uh, the plywood uh, to make a door instead of having to do all the measurements and math, and all that other stuff. So because I went and made my day longer, going to Home Depot and purchasing a saw, I was able to increase my capacity. And because of the extra work of, and money to drive down there in California, I was able to increase my capacity. So, and it didn't stop there. It went beyond the chicken coop. I was actually able to fix things around the house that I'd been not doing because I didn't have the tool to do it. So because of that saw, more things got done that were on the back burner because... I didn't have the tool to do it. So what God is doing is he's, he's building our capacity. And that picture of the, the uh, two oxen yoked and pulling a plow, I think that's on there too, this is what it looks like, is us aligning with God, and the direction is set by that yoke. And he's saying, look, my yoke is easy. The one you're carrying now is not easy. It's hard. It's tiring. But as you do things my way, and I put that yoke upon you, and you go my direction, and I'm steering the ship, and you've made me your, your boss of your life, then things will be easier. And so that's really the picture that this verse is painting. 
It sounds like more work, but he's building our capacity. And he's building our capacity in two ways. Uh, the first way he's building our capacity is, is the yoke. He gives us two tools. The yoke for your weakness. He gives you a yoke for your weakness. Like I said, it doesn't seem like a great offer, but we have to remember this is a come-to-me offer, right? He started this passage and said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. He didn't say, this is what we'd rather it say, live your own life, then when you mess up, give me a call. Call out, help! No, that's not what he said. This is a come-to-me offer. It's not a triple-A offer where you get stuck and you call him. Does anybody watch YouTube? YouTube, that's another thing. It's kind of like Home Depot where you start on one task and you end up watching like how to do brain surgery or whatever else pops up and you're just like, whoa, where did I, how did I get here? But anyway, on, on YouTube, there's a show called Matt's Off-Road Recovery and his, his motto is like, you stuck, we'll get you out. That's his motto. So he's in Utah and he finds people in the middle of these sand dunes that have been stuck, some of them in Priuses. Uh, in two-wheel drive trucks, in minivans, and, but some are actually in off-road vehicles where their tires snapped off because they did something crazy. But what happens is they call Matt to save them. And this is not the offer Jesus has given us. This is not a Matt's off-road recovery offer. But what ends up happening is these people are not thinking about Matt and having Matt come save them until they mess up and they get stuck. The people in the Priuses, I'm not even sure what they were thinking about, but <laughs> if they were thinking at all, but eventually they get stuck, and Matt has to come, and he says, well, we'll get you out. But what this offer from Jesus is, is like having that tow truck with you all the time, and knowing the terrain that Matt knows to get him out. And so when you take his yoke upon us, and we do things his way and learn from him, like the passage says, then we end up not getting stuck as often because we're doing things in, in the way of the Lord. And so that's really what we're doing right now in church. We're here together learning how to do things God's way. That's what we're doing in groups. We get together and we go about and talk about things in our life and learn how to do things God's way. Scriptures to back it up. And that's what we're doing at meetups. We're getting together as a community and we're talking and figuring out how do we do things God's way. That's what this is all about. He offers us a second tool too that leads right into that idea, is he offers a cart for your burdens. This cart is a uh, very valuable thing. It's, it's something that you put behind the yoke, and, and it carries things for you. Now, most of us and, uh, in this room have heavy things happen in our lives, and we need some help. And that cart is the church. God's given us a church to help us with those heavy, heavy burdens. And that church has been built over time, so that when burdens come and life hits us hard, it uh, makes things a little easier. We can, we can get help. We can get guidance. We can get extra bodies because you have friends here, people who love you and care for you. Um, when I first, well, let's read Galatians 6 too. Carry each other's burdens, and, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, the law of Christ is his way, and as we are part of the church, we get a lot of help for our burdens in life. When I uh, first started coming to Ridgeview, I remember helping someone move, thinking I was going to be the only one there. I was like, well, we have nothing to do Saturday. Let me go. And I got there. There was like 25 to 30 people helping them move. You know how much difference that makes when you're moving? 
Before I came to Ridgeview, I was at a job, and a friend of mine asked me to help him move, and he wasn't a part of a church, and I was the only one there. It was a lot more work, and I was too tired afterward. But because of that cart, the people we were helping had tons of extra help with their burden of moving, and that's what I see over and over again, meals. When my family, when we had Nolan, our baby, man, meals coming to our door, meal train, awesome. But let me talk about the things that the cart isn't. The first thing is the cart is not to dump your backpack in. Earlier in Galatians, it says that you have to carry your own load also. So your responsibilities, you got to take care of those first. And then when life hits, then you can ask for a little more help. So it's not a, it's not a place to just throw your backpack off and walk easily away and say, oh, I'm glad I had that friend to take all my responsibilities on. And the second thing it's not is it's not a U-Haul where we rent it for just one day. This church was uh, designed so that over time, God designed it so that over time this cart would be built up by the church, by the members, and invested in, and together, when life was hard, they helped each other out. And that's what it's meant for. It's not meant so we, you, know, you don't know anybody, but then you come and ask for a huge uh, help, right? A huge amount of help. Come help me, please. I'm struggling. But, well, first let's get to know you, Right? There's some things we can do and some things we can't. And so as you invest in the church and as you uh, do things God's way, he offers this cart for your burdens. So first the yoke to make for your weakness, and the second the cart for your burdens. Uh, Matthew, we're going to get into Matthew 26 here in a minute, but we, what we can do uh, when we are tired is two things. The first thing is we can prepare like Christ did. And this is going to get us into the passage we're going to be looking at today. And this is a story, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he tells his disciples who are with him, he says, hey guys, uh, keep lookout, I'm going to be praying, because he was preparing for what was to come. And this is right before uh, he's arrested and put on trial and crucified, and he says, guys, just stay awake, just watch, watch for me while I go pray. And uh, here in Matthew 26, 40 through 41, uh, it says, and he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now this happened three times. He kept going and praying and coming back to a sleeping uh, watchman. He, He kept asking, guys, can't you just stay awake? So why were they so tired? That's what I always wondered. Couldn't stay awake for just one hour? Well, if, if you look, uh, this is Holy Week. We call it Holy Week now when this is happening. Um, if it was today and age, we'd call it Burnout Week because, uh, man, they did a lot. One-third of Jesus' life in the Gospels happens right here in Holy Week in, this, in uh, this portion of the Bible. In that one week, one-third of his, his life story happens. So there was a lot going on. I mean, these guys were tired. And, but the thing is, Jesus was tired too. He did it. He was manning. He was flesh, right? He was a man. But he prepared for it, and he was praying. So there's two things he says in this verse that we can do as well. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. That's what he was doing. He was praying. Because when I was working in those crazy hours, I, had a, I was working with truck drivers, and I always wonder, man, how do you guys not fall asleep driving at 1 in the morning across the nation? So I asked him, and he said, well, there's a couple reasons. I have a family and I don't want to die. Well, 
that makes sense. Then probably don't fall asleep driving a semi-truck in the middle of the night. And so that was when I realized that this next point right here, too tired doesn't mean that you can't stay awake another minute. It means that you don't see the reason to do it. The difference between Jesus and the disciples here is Jesus saw the reason to be praying and keeping watch. The disciples were just tired, too tired. I just need to take a little nap. My 15-minute nap is all I was taking, power nap. So because of them not knowing the reason, the, the events that happened after this, I'm sure was very difficult for them to sleep, I could imagine. Jesus is arrested that night. He goes into a trial for a day. Then he carries his cross to be crucified for another day. And then he's killed. So I would imagine that they had a little bit more rough time sleeping in the days to come, right? Because of the napping they did when they were supposed to be watching. So the same thing happens in our life today. When crisis hits, we're never too tired. When there's a crisis, you're not thinking about sleep because it's right then and there and you see it. So you need to watch and you need to pray because something is coming and you can't see it, but you can get ready for it if we prepare like Jesus did. Uh, You may feel too tired to talk to your spouse about the things that need to be talked about, but eventually, if you keep being too tired to do that, you'll be blindsided with a marriage crisis. You'll have a hard time sleeping. These are real-life things that happen all around us because the time isn't invested. With your kids, you may be too tired to invest time with them, but the investment you make today when they're young and cute and, you, and they still like you, will pay off in the end. And it'll keep you from having crisis later on. So being too tired doesn't mean that you can't stay awake another minute. It just means that you don't see the reason to. And what the Bible is telling us is that we need to be on watch and pray because there's something coming eventually. So Hebrews uh, 12, 2 through 3, this is our third way uh, that we can battle I'm too tired And that's persevere like Christ. So we said get help from Christ. That's the first step. We need to prepare like Christ. And then now we need to persevere like Christ. Uh, Hebrews 12, 2 through 3 kind of speaks. This is after the fact, right? He says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You notice the two things that are combined together in this verse, the very bottom, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So to persevere, this tells me that it's not really, to persevere through tiredness is not really a physical thing. It's an inward thing. It's about your heart that you do not lose heart and you don't grow weary. So the joy that was set before him in the garden, in the gar- the, it wasn't the joy that was set before him that night in the garden, but instead he saw that there was something ahead. Jesus knew, okay, the joy that's set before me, I can endure this. And he was actually asking for that to be taken away from him. He said, Father, if, if this is the only way, let it be but if you can somehow take this cup from me, because he was burdened. He was, it was hard. 
It wasn't easy, but he saw the joy in front of him. And so this next verse in Hebrews, this is the, really talks about perseverance again. It says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And but by righteousness, one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in one who shrinks back. But we do, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So imagine, right here, I'm on a timeline, and this is the here and now, right here. This is the past, and that's the future. And I'm, in, I'm too tired. I got soccer games and baseball games for my kids. I'm going to school to better my career path. I've got church responsibilities. I'm just so tired, and I have this other thing that needs to happen in order for my family to continue. And I pray for God for help. Say, God, help. But he sends the help over there. He answered it, but it's over there. The only way to get to the help is one step at a time. You have to move that way. Because this verse says that we're not the type of people who shrink back. And and if you do shrink back, you're what? Destroyed. So as we're here on our timeline, and we've asked for help, we have to continue to press forward until we get to that. And when we do, there's joy, and there's peace, and there's love, and there's rest. Because that's what he offered in the first verse. I will give you rest. So, as we move away from uh, God, destruction's there behind us, right? I was just playing a video game. I don't do that often, but I mean, I do sometimes. Uh, my nephews were playing a game called Fortnite. Do you guys know this game? Okay. And my nephew kept saying, don't go backward, don't go backward, don't go backward. I'm like, why? I've never played the game before. But apparently there's this storm that surrounds you. And if you back up and the storm gets you, then that's the end of the game for you. And so I was thinking as I was reading this, I was like, oh, it's a lot like that. As we shrink back and we're scared of the battle that's happening in front, this swallows you up. That's destruction. And so I, as I was thinking, you know, well, how, how do we know to keep pushing forward? And that's just because we need to persevere like God. We need to persevere like Jesus. So if you stop moving forward in your job, you just say, yeah, I'm too tired. I'm just... I'm not going to go for a couple days. Uh, crisis will set in eventually. You'll lose that job. And if you quit on God, really you invite devastation. And uh, if you quit on your family, if you're too tired for that, crisis will set in. So let's push forward together, step by step, one sleepy, tired step at a time, together, as the cart, equally yoked with God, right? And we're going to move forward So let's do that, and let's not shrink back, because you don't have to stop in order for that destruction. Destruction is always kind of seen as this thing coming at you, and you're kind of dodging it, like getting out of the way of of, uh, just destruction. But no, it's actually what this verse says is it's behind you, and as you shrink back, it'll swallow you up. It's pursuing you. That's what the enemy wants. He wants you to shrink back into that. So if you're burdened and you're tired, first you have a great offer. Let's just look at those three steps again. You have help from Christ, first and foremost. If you've never made that decision to make Christ the boss of your life, 
I would strongly urge you to consider that. If you'd like more information on how to do that, our next step area out front has a spot for that where we can talk to you about it. And that's the first step. Help from Christ. You can't do it on your own. This world has a lot of heavy burdens. And uh, it's very hard if we try to shrink back and do it on our own apart from the help. Uh, The second thing is prepare like Christ. Be prepared. Watch and pray. That's what the scripture told us to do. You might not see it now, but there's something coming that you need to be ready for. It's not easy uh, to always plan for these things, and you probably can't. So just watch and pray. Be on look. Pray to God for for help to, to see him coming and be prepared for it. And then the last one was just persevere like Christ. As we do those three things uh, together and we encourage one another as we do them, you will notice that things get a little lighter, just like the verse promised us in Matthew. When we ask God for help to complete the work that's before us, uh, he, he'll bring the help. It might not be where we want it right here in the middle of our timeline right here and now, but he'll bring the help and we just push forward until we get there. Sometimes he'll bring help through giving us inner strength and endurance. Sometimes he'll give us help from others who are part of our, uh, our church body. Sometimes he'll give you just some extra supernatural power that you're just like, man, where did that come from? So as we, we must keep battling these thoughts, and as we do, we've got to push forward uh, and just all the while asking God for help. I'd like to close this morning with just a a verse. We've been doing some memory verses as we go through this series. So uh, today's is is Isaiah 40, 31, and this really sums it up. It says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. My favorite part is that is, is the waiting part. They who wait for the Lord. Because again, it's the, the joy in the, is set before him. It's not necessarily right here and now. But as we wait, he'll renew their strength and they shall mount up on wings like eagles. So I'm going to close out with some next steps. The band's going to come up. We'll receive this morning's offering. But uh, first, just some, some next steps for you. Uh, the first is memorize Isaiah 40, 31. We just read it, so I won't read it again. But memorize that verse this week. And just see how that helps you. As you're feeling too tired, like you can't do it anymore, see how that helps. And then the second one is just team up with us. There's some ways to do this. Uh, The first way is to attend an Exploring Ridgeview preview class. The next class is July 10th. This is where we kind of get to know, you can get to know uh, the staff of Ridgeview, our missions, methods, values, and you can kind of see what we're about. And this is also the path to membership. So this is the first class in that path to membership And again, it's Sunday, July 10th. So join us for that. Sign up on your connection card or online if you scan the QR code. And it's from 1 to 2.30. The next way you can team up with us is sign up to volunteer. We have a kid zone back there. God bless the kid zone workers. And we could really use some some male volunteers for the boys' kid zone class. And we could actually use volunteers for most of the kid zone classes. So if, if you're interested, sign up. There's other ways to help too. There's other volunteering roles. That's just kind of the need right now. But if you sign up on your... Uh, connection card right here. You click that. Just check volunteering, and we'll get you any information you need uh, in order to do that, and we'll, we'll keep in touch with you. And then the last is just sign up for meetups. We have a meetup rollout uh, kickoff today in the park we talked about, but there's other ones in that flyer. So uh, the best way to just really get involved here is, is to get to know people and uh, 
as we do that at, at meetups throughout the summer. Um, all these are really fun events. I think I'm going to all of them. But just pick which ones you can make and just sign up on, on your connection card as well so we know you're coming and um, we can have fun together. So let me, let me pray for us this morning as the band comes up. God, we thank you so much that your uh, burden is light. And you're here for those of us who are tired and, and hurting. God, we pray that we would ask you for help, that you would help us to prepare for what's ahead, and that you can also just give us the endurance uh, needed. Lord, help us to focus on the internal uh, issues more than the external, and help us to just really rely on you as we go about our life, Father. We thank you so much for this time together as we learn to do things your way. And Lord, uh, for those of us who are just too tired right now, Lord, give us rest and peace and uh, show, us, show us your path. Thank you for this morning, God. We, we just uh, pray that you'd be with us as we go into the park this morning. In your name we pray, amen.